Hey everyone, and welcome to The Yodo Approach, a podcast created by medical students for medical students to teach you about all things otolaryngology. I'm your host, Kalpesh, and today we're going to be talking about a basic approach to audiograms. Tag along for a discussion about this important topic. Hearing loss is more prevalent than you may think. 38% of Canadian adults experience hearing loss, and the prevalence of hearing loss tends to increase with age. 94% of Canadian adults aged 70 to 79 experience hearing loss, and hearing loss also impacts 8% of Canadian children. Before jumping into audiograms, let's learn a bit about sound. Sound is the result of vibrating air particles. Sound frequency is the number of cycles per second that these particles vibrate back and forth, creating a sound wave. Sound frequency is measured in hertz, with one hertz equaling one cycle of vibration per second. Sound frequency determines the pitch that we hear. Sound is described in terms of its basic physical attributes, frequency, intensity, and time or phase of the vibration. This correlates with psychological attributes of pitch, loudness, and quality, respectively. Sound amplitude is measured by the pressure acting on air particles. Sound pressure is the loudness or intensity of sound. The intensity is usually measured in decibels or dB, after the renowned Alexander Graham Bell. Since humans are capable of hearing such a wide range of sound volumes, decibels require a logarithmic scale of measurement. The hearing process can be summarized by sound energy being captured by the outer ear, transformed by the middle ear, and transduced by the inner ear. The external ear consists of the auricle and the external ear canal. The middle ear consists of the tympanic membrane and the ossicles, while the inner ear contains the cochlea. Sound is perceived when sound information is sent from the organ of corti to the auditory cortex in the temporal lobe via the cochlear nerve. It's important to have a good understanding of this pathway because dysfunction anywhere along it can cause hearing loss. Hearing loss can be identified and described by simple bedside tuning fork testing. However, audiometry is the most commonly used tool to objectively identify and describe hearing loss. To learn more about tuning fork testing, listen to our previous episodes on adult sensory neural and conductive hearing loss. Pure tone audiometry assesses hearing by emitting various sound pressures or loudness over a range of pure tone frequencies. Essentially, audiometry will tell you the degree of hearing loss measured in decibels at these pure tone frequencies. Pure tone frequencies are those with sinusoidal wave patterns and are measured at 250, 500, 1000, 2000, 4000, and 8000 Hz. Pure tone audiometry is based on obtaining a series of thresholds at various pure tone frequencies. The pure tone average is the average hearing decibel threshold at 500, 1000, and 2000 Hz. These are included because they are the frequencies at which human speech is typically heard. The pure tone average should be within 10 decibels of the speech reception threshold. Otherwise, this may be indicative of a retrocochlear pathology. Pure tones are emitted through bone conduction and air conduction during audiometry. Testing a patient's hearing when delivering the sound via air conduction assesses the ability of sound to travel from the external ear to the inner ear also known as conductive hearing. Testing hearing when a sound is delivered via bone conduction assesses the function of the inner ear, cochlea, and nervous system, also known as sensory neural hearing. 
Air conduction is assessed by transmitting sound through earphones and is essentially the same as how we hear a sound day to day. Bone conduction is assessed by transmitting sound through a transducer placed behind the ear on the mastoid process of the temporal bone. This vibrates the cochlea and bypasses the conductive portion of hearing, only assessing sensory neural hearing. Air conduction relies on conductive and sensory neural hearing, so bone conduction will never be lower than air conduction. Air conduction and bone conduction are measured at each of the pure tones in each ear until a threshold is reached. A threshold is the lowest decibel sound level that a patient can discern at at least 50% of the time at a specific pure tone. An air bone gap reflects the degree of conductive component contributing to the overall hearing loss. An air bone gap will present with reduced air conduction compared to bone conduction, suggesting an issue with conductive hearing. The opposite would not occur as air conduction relies on both conductive and sensory neural hearing. If there is a significant difference in hearing between a patient's ears, sound aimed to assess the worse ear may be erroneously interpreted by the contralateral better ear. This is termed crossover. To counter this crossover, masking can be implemented. Masking is when a sound is delivered to the contralateral or non-tested ear to ensure that it does not interpret the tones aimed at the ear being tested. In addition to the pure tone audiogram, speech testing is often conducted. The speech reception threshold is the lowest decibel at which a patient can yield a two-syllable word, also known as a spondy, half of the time. Similarly, word recognition score is a percentage of monosyllabic words, also known as phonemes, that a patient can repeat when heard at 20 to 40 decibels above the speech reception threshold. There are three main components to the audiogram, pure tone audiometry, speech audiometry, and the tympanogram. This episode focuses on pure tone audiometry. Pure tone audiometry is represented by a graph with sound frequency in hertz on the x-axis and sound volume in decibels on the y-axis. The frequencies of pure tones increase from left to right along the x-axis. Decibels increase from top to bottom on the y-axis. Higher decibels at a given frequency indicate that the patient requires a louder sound to hear at that pitch. When reading an audiogram, the right ear is often denoted by red symbols and the left ear by blue symbols. Right ear air conduction is represented by circles, while left ear air conduction is represented by X's. Right ear bone conduction is denoted by a square bracket with its open side to the right, and left ear bone conduction is a square bracket with its open side facing the left. An easy way to remember this is to imagine the brackets as over-the-ear headphones on a person facing you. When interpreting an audiogram, you should consider 1. the degree of hearing loss, 2. the pattern of hearing loss, and 3. the type of hearing loss. The degree and pattern of hearing loss can be assessed solely by looking at the air conduction line, the circles and X's. The type of hearing loss requires both the bone conduction and air conduction lines for assessment. The degree of hearing loss is described based on the level of decibels required to achieve the hearing threshold. Hearing plotted between 0 to 20 decibels for any given frequency is considered within normal limits. Hearing loss can be classified by severity based on the sound threshold level. Thresholds reported over 20 decibels are considered to reflect impaired hearing. 20 to 40 decibels is mild hearing loss, 40 to 55 is moderate hearing loss, 
55 to 70 is a moderately severe hearing loss, 70 to 90 is severe hearing loss, and greater than 90 is profound hearing loss. The pattern of hearing loss is described based on the frequency at which the hearing loss is experienced. This can be described as low, mid, or high frequency hearing loss. There are three types of hearing loss, conductive, sensory neural, and mixed. Conductive hearing loss is caused by disorders of the outer and or middle ear with normal bone conduction threshold responses, while air conduction thresholds fall outside the normal limits. The air conduction line will be impaired, meaning it will require higher decibel sounds to reach the threshold, while the bone conduction line will be normal. Such an audiogram would suggest that the conductive component of hearing is impaired while the sensory neural hearing is normal. Conductive hearing loss suggests middle or external ear pathologies. Common causes of conductive hearing loss include cerumen impaction, otitis externa or otitis media, middle ear effusions, foreign bodies in the ear canal, exostoses or abnormal bony growth of the ear canal, dysfunction of the ossicles, cholesteatomas, which are abnormal keratin deposits, and tympanic membrane sclerosis or perforation. Sensory neural hearing loss is impairment of the inner ear or a retrocochlear pathology, including etiologies relating to cranial nerves 7 and 8. If both sensory neural and conductive aspects are present, this is mixed hearing loss. Sensory neural or cochlear hearing loss involves damage to portions of the cochlea, such as the outer or inner hair cells or striae vascularis. Sensory neural hearing loss is indicated by impaired air conduction and bone conduction, but the lines and their impairment will be equal. This audiogram pattern suggests hearing is only limited by the sensory neural component and conductive hearing is normal. Sensory neural hearing loss suggests inner ear or nervous system pathologies. Common causes include congenital hearing loss, intracranial infections, presbycusis or age-related hearing loss, noise-induced hearing loss, ototoxic drugs, and cerebellopontine angle tumors. Mixed hearing loss will have an air bone gap, but the bone conduction line will not be normal, suggesting impairments in both conductive and sensory neural hearing. Putting all of this together, you can describe audiograms and therefore describe a patient's hearing loss. For example, you could say a patient has right-sided, moderately severe, high-frequency sensory neural hearing loss. For more information on hearing loss, check out our previous episodes on sensory neural and conductive hearing loss. There are common patterns you might see on audiograms which are important to be familiar with. Presbycusis is age-related hearing loss. It is the most common type of hearing loss and classically presents with bilateral, symmetric, sensory neural hearing loss, worsening or downsloping in the higher frequencies. Hearing loss due to noise exposure classically presents with a noise notch. An audiogram with a V-shaped notch or dip in hearing, typically at 4,000 Hertz. Often patients will have occupational exposure to loud noise, such as construction workers, musicians, and bartenders. Hearing protection and education are important preventative health strategies. Otosclerosis is abnormal bone growth in the middle ear, which results in conductive hearing loss due to dysfunction of the acicular chain. Most often, this is due to immobility of the sapiece footplate in the cochlea's oval window. Otosclerosis is classically associated with a Carhartt's notch on an audiogram, which is a dip or V-shaped notch in hearing, typically at 2000 Hz. Treatment for this is stapedotomy, which is essentially removing the disease stapes and replacing it with a prosthesis. 
asymmetrical or unilateral hearing loss without an identified cause warrants a referral for a head MRI. Asymmetrical hearing loss is classically defined as a difference of 15 or greater decibels at three contiguous frequencies. Although relatively uncommon, asymmetry can be due to a vestibular schwannoma, a benign tumor arising from the Schwann cells of the vestibular nerve. This compromises sensory neural hearing. Although this typically presents as unilateral hearing loss, bilateral vestibular schwannomas can be present and are more common in patients with neurofibromatosis type 2. On the other hand, unilateral low-frequency hearing loss of a sensory neural component is suggestive of Meniere's disease. The audiogram for Meniere's disease is described as upsloping with worse hearing in the low frequency, which improves in the higher frequencies. Clinically, Meniere's disease is described by a vertigo, tinnitus, oral fullness, and unilateral hearing loss. The vertigo attacks in Meniere's can last hours and are quite debilitating. The pathophysiology is still up for debate, but the predominant theory is overaccumulation of endolymph in the semicircular canals, resulting in endolymphatic hydrops. Treatment includes antiemetics, low-salt diets, thiazide diuretics, CERC, a beta-histine medication, intratympanic steroids, and in severe cases, intratympanic gentamicin to destroy the inner ear vestibular organ. But this also results in complete sensory neural hearing loss. Sudden sensory neural hearing loss is a unilateral sensory neural hearing loss of greater than 30 decibels over at least three contiguous pure tone frequencies on an audiogram. This must represent an acute change in hearing occurring within 72 hours. Although the exact pathophysiology is debated, it is thought to be a viral infection of the inner ear resulting in inflammation and acute sensory neural hearing loss. Patients should be treated with oral or intratympanic steroids to reduce inflammation. The sooner the treatment, the better. Resolution is not guaranteed in these patients. However, steroids are currently the best treatment option. Congenital or hereditary hearing loss is classically described as having a cookie bite pattern on the audiogram. It is so named because there is a decrease in sensory neural hearing in the mid frequencies, resulting in a U-shaped pattern resembling a cookie bite. It is important to note that audiograms should be interpreted in the context of the patient's clinical picture. Please listen to our previous episodes for more information on otologic assessments. A future episode will focus on the basics of hearing aids, so be sure to check back in for that episode. This script was written by Kalpash Hathi, Aileen Feschuk, Giselle Francis, Hannah Brennan, Dr. Emily Cheng, Dr. Katie Oxford, Dr. Chad Purcell, and Dr. Christopher Chin. We would like to extend our sincerest thanks to the St. John Regional Hospital Department of Surgery within the Horizon Health Network for their generous support. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast, and we hope you'll tune in to our next episode. Please head to our website for our show notes and to sign up for our newsletter to stay up to date with our latest episodes. Thank you.